Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersey Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is brought to you by Fans for Fans where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 267 of the Jersey Podcast. I'm your host tonight, I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say every week guys, it's not just the pod that we have here at Jersey. If you get yourself onto the website, you'll find the friendly forums are there, there's articles, uh, there's a history, history archive, easy for me to say. Uh, loads of stuff on there, so get yourself on. And it's recently been upgraded, loads of stuff on there, so get yourself on. And as always, we'd ask you to promote the pod, put the word out there on social media, let all your friends know uh, what we're doing. We've got over 6,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, uh, so if you haven't subscribed to that, then please do. Uh, before I bring in my guests for tonight, uh, I have to mention our partners at Forest Precision Engineering, who are a subcontract based engineering company. They have been a big commercial supporter of the Rangers for many, many years and we're delighted that they're back in the pod. If you want more information on them, visit their website at www.forestprecisioninc.com. You can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, which is in a hospitality area within the main stand. For information on how to book this unique and intimate space, then email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. So I'll bring in my guests. I've got John McCallum today and, and Ross Bennett and we're basking in something that we've not basked in, in a long time. Uh, a victory over Celtic over 90 minutes. Uh, I think it's the first time since September 2021 when Vic scored. So it's been a long time coming. Obviously in terms of the league it doesn't change anything but there's, there are obviously other issues in terms of the impact that it has in terms of Michael Beale and just the sort of morale at the club and I mean let's be honest it's always good to do them uh, and thoroughly enjoyed it yesterday so got, as I said I've got John and Ross John how are you how's how's, how's your Sunday been <laughs> yeah it's been pretty good uh, better than last Sunday um, no it's been great uh, my voice returned about lunchtime today um, it's just as the sun it's always, came a, it's always a good point no fun recovery yeah yeah it's uh, it's been good um I've I've only watched the highlights back. I don't know, maybe about ten times. Um, I don't know. It just was. It was just so nice to come away from Highbrook feeling elated for a change yeah. uh, after you know what has been on the field disappointment. Most um, you know when it came to the big crunch games have been disappointing this season, and, and so it was nice to um, come away with one where uh, you thought, right, okay, that all went well. Um, let's enjoy that. And the sun came out, and it was warm, and it just kind of felt like. I don't know, kind of rebirth, new dawn. Um, I'm maybe pushing the analogy a little bit there, um, but no, it was good. Great. It was good stuff, mate. What about yourself, Ross? You enjoying your Sunday? Yeah, I heard you had very... some problems watching the game yesterday. I had, I had a real, a real nightmare <laughs> yesterday. All right, so I, um, I took the dog out. I mean, Saturday morning, I built up to an old farm. I thought I'll take the dog out to his favourite park. It's about a twenty-minute drive for me. Um, but a wee treat for him. So we got there, walked around this park for about an hour. It gets to, say, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, uh, head back to the car, realised I have dropped my car key somewhere. <laughs> so I um, retraced my steps for a couple of hours, um, ended up having to phone my soon-to-be father-in-law and ask him to come and pick us up and, and drive me home. So I actually missed the first half of the game yesterday and had to had to watch that back this morning. Um uh, which I was, you know, I actually, all things considered, when I realised I was going to be missing the first, however long, I'll miss the first 30, 40 minutes of the game, I wasn't actually that disappointed because of you know, what we've been served <laughs> up recently. And then I was sat in my father-in-law's car looking at my phone and going, 
you know, we're one nil up after five minutes and then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, walked in the front door and got the notification from the phone that we were two nil up. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a tough day, tough start of the day yesterday, but um, yeah, a wonderful win. And then Colin, your, your favourite night of the year with Eurovision as well. So, Oh, I love you, big big fan. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely, that was a good day. Really enjoyable. Um, yeah, I had a tough morning, but Rangers more than made up for it. Uh, it's also I should mention it's it's the fifteenth anniversary uh, of Manchester. So, uh, around about this time, fifteen years ago, I was pouring paraffin over a Fordman deal and striking a match. <laughs> it wasn't really, obviously, but uh, yeah, so it wasn't. It wasn't a Fordman deal. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get many from Foreman deals in Manchester, John. Uh, I was I was actually in Piccadilly Gardens, and no one believes me when I tell them this story. But I didn't see any trouble, nothing, not a hint of, of what unfolded. I left Piccadilly Gardens. I, I started to, to to make my way towards the back as it started to feel that we weren't going to get that goal. And we got one last chance at the end. I think Novo had a chance, and they put it over the bar. And I kind of thought that's it. It was an injury time. I just thought that's it. So I started making myself towards the back. And the minute the final whistle went, I just went back to my bus feed. So I took a minibus down for the day and we were just driving back up uh, after the game. So I was sitting outside this car park next to the minibus and there was hardly anybody kicking about. And I got a message from my boss saying, are you okay? And I'm like, I am fine. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? It's a bad, you know, we didn't win, but I'm fine. And she's like, no, she says, I'm watching the news and it's it's like properly kicking off down there. And I'm like, just like no one running about me at all. I was like, no, I am, there's nothing. So I never, I mean, I was bang in the centre of Manchester and never seen any of, of, of what developed. So, and as I said, when I tell people I never saw it either. I was no, in Manchester as well, so I never saw a thing. Never saw a thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Not trying to deny that there were issues, but certainly where I was, I didn't see a thing. Uh, but it was, uh, I mean, coming back up the road, I must admit, it was Galway Association going into petrol stations and stuff like that. You were getting the sort of looks and all the rest of it. But it was still a good day. I wouldn't let it ruin the day. You know, obviously it was a poor result and all the rest of it. But aye, aye, 15 years ago, John, I'm still in my mid 30s. I can't believe it was 15 years ago. <laughs> we stayed the night in Preston. The nearest hotel we could get was, was Preston. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't know where Preston was in relationship to, to, to Manchester. Manchester. But to, let me tell you, waiting for a taxi to take you back to Preston from Manchester, whilst 200,000 people um, are waiting for taxi. the roads, quite a, <laughs> quite a wait. I've seen uh, a, a happier taxi driver pull up three hours later, you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. Five, geez, 15 years, my. I know. And, and oh. what was it? 30, 30 years since Dundee Night. Was it 30 years today Dundee Night won the league? That, that, was it yeah, 30 years, no, 40, 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. 40 years wow. Aberdeen as well, you know. So, it's 50 right. years ago, Ross, Ross would have been, he'd, he'd have been in primary too. So I was, uh, yeah, I was doing my GCSEs 15 years ago. Never I wasn't go. allowed to go. Maybe I. I'm allowed to go. Did you get them, Ross? Did you I did. I did. I passed my GCSEs. Well, so that, see, you know story. what? It was the right thing then. You know what? It was the right thing to do. That's it. So right, lads, on, on, on the events at hand yesterday, uh, John, I'll come to you first. I mean, in, in, in terms of the performance, you know, I don't think any of us were really expecting that. You know, I, I mean, I was I was speaking to our mutual friend, David Wren, on, I think it was either Thursday or the Friday, and he's like, oh, I've never 
been so no up for an old firm game in my, in my life than this one. I was like, I said, I've got a funny feeling we're going to beat them. And I said, I also have a funny feeling we could do it by a few numbers. But when I seen the team, I was like, well, I just don't see where the, where, where the goals are coming from. But sure enough, we got them. You know, we got the three goals. You know, I really, I would say a really, really good performance on the day. The only disappointment I felt was that we couldn't just get one more, you know, and really, you know, given some of the results they've, they've had against us over the last couple of years, I think a four or a five would have been, would have really made it a good day. Always take the three, obviously, but, you know, one more. I was like, when I looked at the clock, when we got the third and there was 20 minutes to go, I was like, oh, just give us one more. <laughs> I like it. Only on Jersnet could we complain that we've we only beat Celtic <laughs> three now. But, I'm not complaining. I'm just um, saying it would have been better. <laughs> I, 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 so, so probably the folk, the, the, the people listening probably don't realise this, but but Frankie puts up a kind of schedule for the podcasts, and uh, you know, and he sends you a message saying, "Listen, you know, I've put up the schedule for the month, and you go on, you have a look, and you see like when I'm in the deed, and you know, if you're not around, where are we? And I remember looking and seeing, you know, Celtic. I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm on a <laughs> Oh no. All right, well, fair enough. You know, but I'll have to say I wasn't I was like, God, that's gonna be murder. It's just us picking the bones out of a rubbish season, having had another doing of Celtic. Uh, and and you know, I, I couldn't have been more wrong. Um it, it was it was a strange day. Um like you, I, I literally turned around to the guy beside me and I said, Do you make that team? And he's um, you no, know, no, you know, it's okay. I'm all right. And said, yeah, but where are the goals coming from? Yeah, who in that team scoring goals? Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and we both sense. said, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Um, and in, in actual fact, we could have scored more. You know, I mean, I know yeah. you, you know, what you were saying earlier, and I, I was kind of laughing, but we could have scored more. Uh, I, you know, certainly had chances, and I know we'll come to that. But um, we could have scored more. Um, it was one of these games where I think for the first time this season against Celtic, certainly, luck went our way and luck deserted them. Now, that's not to say it was a lucky win. It wasn't a lucky win. We just deserved to win. But, you know, see in previous games where, where um, in other games, you know, that, that rebound doesn't fall. He can't well. It falls to Sakala and he sticks it into the broom. Yeah. The upper tier of the broom. You know, it's just it had that feeling that on Saturday, the, 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 the ball bounced our way. And I say that with a refereeing performance that, you know, it's as well we won 3 now. what else, that's what we'd be talking about. It was a terrible refereeing performance. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I Everybody 50, 50, 50 you know. So um, it was one of these games where I think, you know, we got the break of the ball in a way that we haven't had in any other games this season against Celtic. You know, it just it, it, it went our way. And I don't, and I do, you know, I emphasize I'm not saying it was a lucky victory because I don't think it was a lucky victory. I think we deserved the victory. We were the better team in the day. Tactically, we got it right. Our players were up for it. But certain things went our way that haven't gone our way in previous games. And, and things like that, the, the rebound coming out to him and then him, him burying it through the keeper's legs. Um, you know, that's fantastic. But in another game, you know, it's an inch one side of it that hits his leg. So, yeah. so we, we got, we got the bounce that way. Um, and I'm pleased with it. But, uh, like you said, you know, there was a point where you're three and a half and up and you're still 20 minutes to go, you think, oh, yeah, we could get four or five here. You know, yeah. hey, this, this, you know this, this could be a day we, we always remember. Um, but I would certainly have taken three before the game. I would have taken one before the game. Uh, <laughs> I did with the result. Uh, it's been, it felt like a lot. I didn't realise it had been as long as that. Uh, as you just said, I, I, I'm delighted with that result. 
we beat them in the semi-final of the cup last year, obviously. But yeah, in, yeah, terms yeah, of, no, in terms I, of the league, I understand. Yeah, um, and we always we obviously had a draw with them before that, and obviously we had the draw at, at Christmas time. Um, and the order they draw at Christmas time felt like a defeat because they got that that late goal, um, which is always a sickener. But I mean, we can talk. I, mean, I know we will talk about you know if that actually matters. Does it make any difference? But it made a difference to the fans. And I don't think you can ever overlook that. You know, it did make a difference to the support who've, who've had a, you know, had a difficult season. We've had, we've had some poor results this season and some disappointments. Um, and so to, to, to end the season, you know, with a performance like that. Yeah. I think, I think we were, we were owed that as supporters. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. Yeah. A big smile on my face. I'll have a big smile on my face tomorrow as well. I'm particularly looking forward to the some people I'm going to see tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand that. Uh, Ross, I, I mean, last week, I think it was last week, Bill had sort of said, he made a comment after the game that, you know, we're, we're the most wasteful team in the final third. You know, we've been dominating games in terms of possession. You know, every game, sort of 70, 75% possession. You know, X amount of shots on goal and, like, Scoring one, you know, and and then obviously the the, the mistakes at the other end of cost us at, at various points. But it's just that I couldn't believe when I was when I was sort of preparing for tonight's show. I was having a wee look at the stats. We had thirty two percent possession yesterday. I couldn't believe that that figure because it felt to me like Rangers had had the had the bulk of the ball yesterday. Uh, but we've managed eighteen shots in that time, uh, and I think I've got the numbers here. So. 18 and 8 of them are on target and we scored three goals so the very opposite of, of what we've been in the past and that's without you know Morelos and Kent you know as, as John was saying there when you're looking at the team you're like there, there, there isn't a huge amount of goals in this team so we win 3-0 with 32% possession and the, the amount of shots that we've had we've been really efficient yesterday you know that's that's one thing we have been we've been the very opposite of what, what we've been in recent weeks Absolutely I mean 32% possession that's Walter Smith in Europe numbers, isn't it? I mean, that, that's so far removed from from the Rangers side that we've seen probably since Steven Gerrard came in back in, in 2017 or whenever it was, um, which was all, it's always been about dominate the ball, overwhelm your opposition. Um, but but to, yeah, to sort of allude to what you said there a moment ago, the problem with Rangers this season has been two key areas, not taking chances at the top, and making stupid mistakes at the back. Um, if you only have the ball 32% of the time, your opposition have the ball 68% of the time, and your opposition are as attacking and free-scoring as Celtic are this season, um, you cannot afford a single mistake at the back. And actually, I thought yesterday's performance was probably characterised by just how comfortable and safe and secure, for the most part, we actually looked without the ball. Um, and I think that, again, when you're looking at numbers like that, like 32%, you're going to rely on being very well organised, very, very disciplined without the ball. Um, and, and that necessarily means a good performance in the likes of Ryan Jack and John Lundstrom, um, protecting the defence, uh, same with, with Nico Raskin. Um, and then I, I actually think all the first defenders played very, very, very well. So yeah, it's 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 really strange and it's really odd because it's a real departure from what we've seen from Rangers for the last five years or so, and 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 don't forget that Michael Beale has been a massive part of of 
Rangers over that that long time, you know, not just in the time that he's come back as manager. So I was surprised at the lineup. I was surprised when I saw how we were playing and I'm surprised at the numbers um, because it's not what I would expect from a Michael Beale side. Um, but it was so, so effective. Now, maybe the biggest surprise of all is that we were clinical. Um, now, we've seen Todd Cantwell has an eye for a goalie. He got his first one at Motherwell six or so weeks ago and, and since then he has chipped in with a few goals. Um, Fashion Sakala is a really, really interesting one and I know we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later on but I am just so fond of him as a player and I know I shouldn't be or, um, but the level of kind of disdain I have for Scott Arfield it's the exact inverse and opposite for Fashion Sakala and that everything <laughs> on paper is telling me this guy's nowhere near good enough to play for Rangers and yet I'll be heartbroken if he leaves Um yeah, it, it's a real it's a real shock to see us be quite as clinical as we were yesterday. And we could we could have scored more, but the season we've had, the pastings we've had off them, and just the you know, the last show I did for Jazznet was our last old firm and a defeat against them. So, um, just given how gloomy and how depressing and miserable the last nine months have been on the footballing front, I'm absolutely thrilled with what we saw yesterday. John, you know, as, as, as we spoke earlier on, you know, a, a very different starting eleven. I don't think many of us would have predicted that. You know, I think we knew McCrory was going to keep his place because you know Beal had obviously you know, said that, and he's, he's presser on Friday. But you know, Matondo and Sakala up front, and, and it wasn't it wasn't just the personnel; it was also the formation. You know, it was like a four four two with with the diamond with Cantwell at the top, and it seemed it was it was all about strangling Callum McGregor. You know, I think the feeling is. Celtic operate when he operates at his best. If we take him out of the equation, that sort of nullifies them. And you'd have to say it worked. You know what I mean? I mean, Beale's been taking a bit of stick because he's record against Celtic up and up and you know up until yesterday. And you'd have to say he, he showed yesterday that one, he's, he's not scared to, to leave big players out. I mean, Morelos will come on and talk about him as well. But I mean, not even getting on the park. I, I thought he might have started them yesterday, even although. You know the, 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 his comments last week, and there's obviously a bit of an issue there, and he's he's leaving in the summer. I thought, given that he needed a win, he, he might have started with him. So he's obviously not scared to say, "Well, I don't care who you are or what your reputation is. If you're not doing the job that I want you to do, you're not in the team." But also, a, a, a wee insight to his sort of tactical sort of mind as well. You know, to go with that diamond, and and, and it worked. It worked a treat. It was, uh, it, it, yeah. In some ways, it wasn't a surprise. I mean, McCrory, I think, deserved to start. And had McCrory been dropped for McGregor or McLaughlin, I think I'd have been very disappointed about that. And a game like this, at this stage of the season, with the season we've had, I think it would be foolish not to try McCrory out. That's not to say we're not going to go for another goalie in the summer. But, you know, you might as well play him just now and, and see there's nothing else we can learn about McGregor or McLaughlin that McCrory needs games. So uh, I would have been disappointed if he hadn't been there. And, and uh, uh, after his performance the week before, I would have been very, very surprised if he'd not kept his place. I think Barisic is injured. I don't think Barisic is fit. Now, he may have come back to fitness through the week there, but I think Barisic is injured. So um, Redvan, it was going to be Redvan or Devine, and I think it was always going to be Redvan. He needs games as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was a little nervous. Um, I did wonder... Okay, this will be a test for him because Celtic are good wide. 
Um, you know, that's certainly one of their strengths is, is, is you know, can they get the ball out um, wide and then, then they, their, their crosses are pretty good. So I was a little nervous for him and I thought he had a cracking game. Um, you know, you'll probably talk about him more. Um, but the, the, it was up front that I was really surprised. Uh, like you, I looked around and thought, I don't see goals. Matondo, um, Sakala, I don't see goals there. And I don't think of Cantwell as a forward. I think of him as a, I still think of him more as a midfielder, more of a creator, not a guy necessarily that's going to score goals for you. Um, but the, the, the tactics worked. Um, you know, for me, for me, the only player that I thought didn't have the game I'd hoped he would have was, was Matondo. Mm-hmm. I still felt there was times when Matondo just didn't look like he was he was he was quite at the standard we need, but he did a job. You know, he's he he was you know his positioning was good. He, he occupied a fullback. He you know he did track back, perhaps not as often as as needed, but he did track back. He he did help on that front. You know, he did you know two or three times he had runs. You know, sometimes they came to something, sometimes they didn't. Need a couple of shots, and again, he's a player who needs games. Um, you know, he, he, we'll only find out. And I don't think you can judge a guy in two or three games. Anyway, I do think he needs to play to the end of the season. You know, I think Bill needs to play him to the end of the season for Bill to know whether there's there's more there or not. Um, like like Ross, I do like Sakala. Um, so I didn't have a problem with him starting, but I had expected Morelos to start. I, I thought that's what Bill was alluding to in his press conference. I wonder if Celtic thought Morelos was going to start. And the the the, the the lineup and, and the tactics took them by surprise as well. So um, it was always said that Bill was the, the tactical one um, in Gerard's backroom team, that he was the one that, that, that saw yeah, that yeah. side of it. Mm-hmm. That Gerard was, was not to say Gerard doesn't understand tactics, but that Gerard was more about you know motivation and, and, um, and drive, and, and Bill was more about the, the tactical side. So we've been waiting to see that. Um, it was nice to see it and it was nice to see it work. And he can only work with the players he's got and the players he put out on Saturday did, did the job very, very well. Um, uh, whatever lineup he put out, uh, and it was a surprise, some of them, uh, you know, I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased with how that went. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously a couple of guys there who might not be with us next season, um, perhaps more than a couple. But, uh, you know, I, I'm pleased... And I'm not just saying this with hindsight. I'm pleased he went with the the, the players he did. Um, I thought Wright might have started because I thought Wright had you know pretty decent cameo um, in, in the last game. I thought Wright might have started ahead of Matondo, but you know I can't complain about it, um, and I certainly can't shouldn't complain about it afterwards. Uh, it, it, it's it's giving you a little bit of hope, a little bit of glimmer of hope over the summer. It's the hope that kills you, John. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but you keep coming back for more. No, you do, you do. Uh, Ross, so, I mean, talking about that diamond there, obviously, like, Cantwell was a, a key part of that, you know, as I said, sitting at the tip of the diamond, trying to strangle anything that Cal McGregor's going to do and, and being a sort of major creative, you know, force for us. And, you know, man in the match performance, uh, outstanding, obviously got his goal involved in pretty much everything uh, that was positive. And, you know, that... that you know, went for a few pints after it yesterday, speaking to a few supporters, and the the phrase that got used time and time again about Cantwell was, he gets it. He gets what Rangers is all about. He gets what you need to do at a big club. And that's kind of how I'm feeling about the guy. You know, he, he's obviously 
embracing these old firm games. You know, obviously we've not had the victories, but he, you know he's been playing well in the last couple, and he's obviously been up for it. And yesterday, he just—I mean—he dominated that game, and it, it's looking more and more like an inspired piece of business with you. Yes, absolutely, and and it's the fact that we all seem to acknowledge this was a Beale signing. I don't know quite where that's come from, but I suspect. Um, well, if 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 he if he is a Beale signing, and if Raskin is a Beale signing, then that's where the hope that you were referring to a moment ago. That's where the hope really comes from. If Beale can don't identify, don't take that hope away from Don't suddenly no, tell no, me no, no. I think I think it's um, it's very hopeful, and I, I think obviously we're going into a, a summer rebuild with no director of football now. The board have no choice but to back the manager and the manager alone, like to go out and get the players that the manager wants. Um, and that's what gives me hope. That's what makes me feel um, quite optimistic going into, into the summer. You never really expect a rebuild to sort of take place in one window and immediately bear fruit. But I'm going into this as positively as I can because of the likes of, of Todd Cantwell and Nico Raskin, um, which have been very, very, very positive. On that point of he gets it, I mean, we've said this so, so many times, um, that recruitment arrangers is not just about finding a technically good player or someone that can play in the right position or someone that's got caps or European appearances and whatnot. It's about finding people that can live up to the expectation, that can that can carry the weight of the shirt, that all these cliches, the goldfish bowl of Glasgow, all of these different things. But Todd Cantwell was coming for a place where he kind of stumbled, he'd kind of lost his way and he kind of, uh, I remember him from say four or five years ago as a real prodigy and um a real shining light in English football and then he kind of disappeared or it dimmed a little bit so he maybe come from a bit of a, a a place where he needed to fall back in love with something and Rangers has clearly been the right place for him to do that the fan base have taken to him spectacularly because he is going out there and giving his all um, one of the same reasons that I, I'm such a fan of Fashion Sakala is that he goes out there and he gives absolutely everything that he's got in a season where we have unfortunately seen players not really arsed, in my opinion, in a season where we have seen players not run through brick walls for the shirt, whether that's domestically or in Europe. And I think, I think there's players you can identify that have, uh, have been guilty of that. Um, having Todd Cantwell come in at a difficult point of the season, because it was, it was probably pretty clear when he came in that we were highly unlikely to win the league. Highly, highly unlikely to win the league. He came in at a time where we just removed the manager. Fan base were very disgruntled. We go through that whole thing of the protests at matches of holding up, you know, uh, sack the board posters and whatnot. Coming at a difficult time, and he has gone out there and really um, delivered for the fans. And it does. It is one of those where it feels like it is for the fans. It feels like he is buying into um, the, the the wider support, the wider feeling of being a Rangers player. So that's where I have hope from it was a wonderful performance again yesterday um there's weak clips being posted around twitter of, of moments of skill um it's even it's the stupid shitey wee things that i wish i didn't like such as denying a celtic player a drink like i wish i didn't care about that but i do <laughs> and i think it makes a difference um because if celtic fans are allowed to lap up the fact that um they are shitey wee fullback called Morelos a fat bastard, then we're allowed to lap up the fact that our um, new prodigy denied one of their players a drink, and I think that's important. I think it, it shows that he, he takes the rivalry seriously, and you know, it's it's, uh, it's very promising. 
Todd the Prodigy. Todd I think the someone got in trouble for that. I've picked that in twice today. That was really we're, in, we're in the realm of deleted tweets here, but we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll not indulge. Uh, John, you were, t- you were talking earlier on about, uh, you know, how, the, how we had a wee bit of luck yesterday in terms of, you know, luck that we haven't had in, in, in previous games. And as you say, that doesn't mean to say it was a lucky win yesterday. It wasn't. We, as you say, we thoroughly deserved that win yesterday. I don't think anyone could deny that. Uh, but there was one moment, I mean, we, we started the game so well in the first sort of five minutes. We were all over Celtic and away. I haven't hadn't seen us been for, for quite a while. I mean, I don't like Celtic go to their own half. You know, we just constantly pressed them and pressed them and pressed them. Got the goal and then literally like 30 seconds for the kickoff, you know, the ball goes through to you all and McCrory slips. And see when I saw him slip, I was just like, kid me on. You know what I mean? And O dinks it over him, hits the post, goes wide. And you can't help but wonder if that had went in, if, you know, it might have had an impact in the mentality of the players because, you know, they've started so well. They've, they've hit Celtic with everything, but the kitchen sink, got the goal, and then in their first venture up the park, they score. I, I, I do wonder if, even that early in the game, that was a key moment in terms of keeping us on, on, on the path to victory. Yeah. I mean, so much of football at that level is, is psychological, I think. It's believing that you can win. And... Had we not won on Saturday, you do worry, you know, psychologically what that might have done to some of the players. You know, would, would they have felt that, you know, Celtic just had an Indian sign over us? And, and so, so winning yesterday, I think psychologically is probably the most important thing we'll take from that. And yesterday, that moment when that, that, um, Bo, is that his name? Bo? Yeah. Um, when he was through and he hit the post, that was the moment. And I said it to the guy next to me who I'd never met before in my life. <laughs> so I said, this could be our day. Because that's the kind of thing I meant earlier where, you know, in a previous game that goes in. Or it bounces in the way. And there's one other yeah. one of the players comes and knocks it in. It's just, it's just how, it, how it's felt that's gone for them this season that the ball has bounced in their direction. And that was one where, like you say, McCrory slipped. Um, you know, had he slipped and they've scored... And you know, seven minutes or whatever it was after their and their first attack. What does that do to McCrory's confidence? Yeah. You know, what does that do to a young player coming in? You know, the eyes of the world, fifty thousand Rangers fans watching, um, and suddenly it's these little things. Psychologically, what could that have done to him? What could have done to the support? You know, it would have you know, it would certainly have burst a bubble at that moment, which was um, you know, we were all in pretty good form at that moment, and um, so. I think it was actually quite an important moment in the game. Potentially a, an important moment in terms of what happens next with, with the clubs. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Uh, I don't like it. You don't want to read too much into it. But I do think it it, it could be pivotal. I, I think it's one of these things. I think it was pivotal yesterday. I think if they had equalised yesterday in that first attack, I do think some of the heads would have gone down. Um, you know, I'm not saying we wouldn't have gone on and won the game, but we might not have. Because I think it would have knocked the stuff in it. it was having, like you said, having come out the traps, having put pinned them back, having scored, having looked good, to then concede a goal in the first attack. Yeah, I think that would have been hard. Uh, I think that would have that would have damaged a couple. Of, I think a couple of men there are damaged just now and, and needed needed that victory just to remind them that you know what you guys can do this. Um, yeah. Because I think in the last the game at Ibrox and even the cup semi final. Um, 
there, you know, we played well. We just, we just, we just couldn't score. We just, we were unable to score. And as David says, we give teams chances. We, we gave Celtic chances yesterday. You know, when there was the one with, with Jack, you know, where we gave Celtic a chance. Yeah. And, and in previous games, they've taken those chances. And if you do it in Europe, those teams take those chances. You kind of get away with it when you're playing Motherwell or, 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 or Livingston. Don't get away with it against Celtic. You don't get away with it in Europe. And if we're not scoring goals, and I think that's you know really where our problem has been this season. Uh, if we've not been scoring goals in these games, then, then we're losing them. Um, so I think that was an important miss yesterday um, for, a, for a whole variety of reasons. And I wonder if we will look back at that and think, you know what, and just one of these moments where when the ball rolled our way, uh, and it might it might lead to some momentum somewhere. But again, it's I ironic his name is O, by the way, because that that's the <laughs> word I said when it <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was small, yeah. but no, yeah, but another yeah. word, another Korean yeah. word, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we, we do have a, we do have a recent example, you know, whereas where Celtic have scored quite quickly after we've took the lead. You know, the game last season when Ramsey scored early doors, kind of similar. You know, we, we, we hit them like a train and then they run up the park two or three minutes after we've taken the lead. And it did. It totally took the stuff in it. It just killed the momentum yeah. and, and they go on and win the game. So, yeah, I really... And oddly, say, it was a... F- yeah. Sorry, sorry, Colin. I can't cross you. No, but no, honestly, because it was just us there, because it was just Ranger supporters there, um, Celtic scoring would have been an odd thing because there would have been no one there to celebrate it. You know, you had a natural deflation. But often what happens in these games when, when the opposition score and their fans are, are given at large, it kind of forces you to reply. It kind of forces the support to, you know, to become a bit defiant. But if they didn't have any fans there making that noise, then you actually don't know how you're going to react to that. I was at the game many, many years ago when John Collins scored, um, when, when there was no Celtic support there. And it was it was dead odd when they scored. You know, there was just total silence, and, and it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, there was nobody to to gesticulate at. There was nobody yeah. to try and to try and build yourself back up. You had to do it yourself. So um, it would have been a bit strange, actually. Um, no, that I, I actually, I don't know if you're going to ask this or not. I actually quite liked it yesterday. I wasn't sure I was going to, and there is still a bit of me thinks during your Celtic games do need, um, you know, you kind of need the opposition there, and I, I know in my early days of going to Parkhead, you know, it was a rite of passage as a ranger support yeah, going to Parkhead and, and, and yeah. being in the minority and, and but I actually quite enjoyed that yesterday. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of added to it. I was like, this is great. Just all us yeah. um, getting to enjoy this. Um, so I, 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 can, I know what you mean by like, Ibrox when, when it's just us. I can't say that I've missed them. But I do feel for like my son, you know what I mean? Because even when we get away tickets now, it's like Eight hundred, and even when it's seven thousand, they're, they're rarer than hen's teeth. You know, it's very, very difficult yeah. for for young supporters like him to to, to get in and, and and get to these games. Whereas, like when I went to Parkhead, the first the first game I went to Parkhead following Rangers was Morris Johnson's first game for Rangers. So it was a, it was like a month after he'd signed, and you know, there was like twenty thousand days behind that goal, twenty thousand yeah. behind the goal at, at Celtic Park, and as you say, it felt like a rite of passage. You know, and it was and it, and it was an invasion because there's so many, and it was great. Yeah. You know, I mean, really enjoyed going to Parkhead in those days because it, it did feel like you know there was a big army going to enemy territory and you know and, and and representing the club. I feel sorry for the younger fans that are only going to get get to experience that, but also I enjoy them not being. <laughs> 
it's a tricky one. Uh, Ross, on 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 a on your namesake, Mister Mister McCrory. You know, yeah, he, he, he had that slip, uh, but got away with it. You know, he was it, it was it was Eck that pointed it to me yesterday. He was, he's, he's the first Rangers keeper not not to concede in an old fun game since. Ross McCrory in September 2021 or whatever. You know, I thought he looked really assured again. You know, commanded his box well. Had a great save from O'Reilly. I thought that was a really, really, really good save. Top save. And I think it was 2-0 at the time. That could have given them, you know, a wee bit of belief and maybe brought them back into the game a bit. Uh, so, I mean, in terms of from now to the end of the season, I don't think I don't think Bill has a choice here. He has to go with, with, with Ross McCrory. But as he now... Putting it, I mean, I know we're being likened to as Butland, and you know, there's talk of other a new number one coming in. But as if between now and the end of the season, does Ross McCrory have a chance? Uh, sorry, Robbie McCrory uh, have a chance to make it. He's number one. You know, he he's got a chance between now and the end of the season to stake a claim. Absolutely, he does. Um, you're right. There's there's no reason why he shouldn't play between now and the end of the season. Um, Alan McGregor, sadly, is 12 months overdue a retirement. And, and John McLaughlin, I think it's quite clear, has no future at Rangers. Um, so this is the, the only goalkeeper, only senior goalkeeper on the books who will be at Rangers next season. Play him, develop him, um, give him experience. Um, it, th- there's been a lot of chatter and a lot of debate about whether McCrory has earned the right to be number one next season. I think it's a bit too early to be even really to be having that conversation. We've seen him a couple of times. Now, both times that he's played, um, or certainly in both old firms that he's played, he, he, he's done extremely well. Um, he was he was very solid. He was very tidy. Um, but there's other other little bits and pieces that, I don't know, you gents at the game, you might have picked up on it. Um, you know, what was his communication like with, with his back line? How was he organising his defence? Did he give off and an aura of confidence. What was his distribution like? You don't always pick that up on the TV. There's all these other little bits and pieces that kind of fall into it, not just the fact that he, he's kept a couple of clean sheets and made a couple of good saves. Um, I would also say Rangers would be at this point negligent if we didn't go out and buy a proven goal uh, a proven goalkeeper this summer. Um, I think it would be far too much of a risk not to recruit anyone else in that position. Um, but I would hope that we are going into next season asking the question of who's our number one going to be, that healthy competition. Goalkeeper is such an odd position. No, it's such a strange that there's only going to be one and someone is going to have to be happy to sit on the bench for extended periods of time. Um, I would like to see us have genuine competition in that place for, for next season. Um, whether that means, again, we're bringing in someone slightly older, um, I don't know, but but he's he's earned the right to play for the rest of the season and he's earned the right to, I guess, stake a claim. Um, like I say, I think it's too early for us to sit here and try and put ourselves in a camp of he should be our number one or he shouldn't. I think it's far, far, far too early for those conversations. Um, but I've been really, really pleased with what I've seen so far. He's obviously also, uh, it's something that shouldn't be overlooked. He is great for the um, homegrown player registration for things like European squads. So... That's another plus or tick in, in, in the box there. Um, yeah, I thought it was it was really positive. And we're saying that at a time when successful graduates from the Rangers Academy are few and far between. 
you know, we, we've we've been very hopeful for for Robbie's brother Ross McCrory, who then fell away and has ended up at Aberdeen. We were very hopeful for Glenn Middleton, who came through and was very bright prospect in Gerard's first season, but again fallen away. And I think it's at St Johnston now. Um, we haven't seen enough come through the, I guess, the player development pathway. Um, the last goalkeeper that we had come through that was Alan McGregor, and it would be wonderful to see that continuity and um, and have our next number one be another kind of Rangers legend in the making and have him come all the way through that pathway and, and, and do what McGregor has done. Uh, but it, we, we shall see. What it does do is it, 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 or what it doesn't do is it doesn't, as I say, it doesn't excuse the fact that Rangers need to go out and recruit a goalkeeper. And, and I think actually we need to be spending some money to make sure we get some quality in that position. Something we should have done 12 months ago. But if, I mean, if we do, and, and, and I agree, I think that's what will happen. It does look like Rangers are in the market for a goalkeeper. Does that not present the boy with a decision then? You know, he's, is he 24 now? Yeah. You know, if he's wanting first team football. So then, if that is the case, if we go and sign a goalkeeper, we are then potentially needing to sign two because I think Robbie McCrory might go at that point. Well, actually, no, I want to go somewhere for like his brother. I need to go somewhere where I'm getting first team football. Possibly, possibly, and I, I suspect that Robbie McCrory would have been absolutely heartbroken when we put a 12 month deal in front of Alan McGregor last summer. Yeah. Um, again, for, for 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 that reason, it was it was the wrong decision to do in my in my mind. Um, yeah, I think that's a risk you, you run, and maybe maybe we bring someone in who's a little bit older, who again has has one or two seasons, in which we uh, we do the Neil Alexander, we play McCrory in the cups, play McCrory in Europe, and 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 lead him in that way. But um, I think at this point, it's a it's a risk we need to take. John, on a your namesake, Mister Suter, uh, you know he's had a really difficult. Uh, First year at Rangers, obviously an injury. There's, all, there's obviously been chat about some personal stuff as well going, going on in the background. Uh, so, I mean, delighted for him yesterday to get his first goal. I mean, he couldn't get a better a better game to score his first goal. And obviously, you know, he made the mistake at, at the game at Celtic Park. Although I still kind of blame Alan McGregor for that one. You know, it, it was, I think, an Alan McGregor who's two or three years younger gets to that back pass before, before Jota does. Uh, so yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was a good goal. You know, he's strong, good, good, fun header, and just delighted for the boy because there was a time at you know the very mention his name, thought like that. Well, that's what happens when you sign a crock. He's no good enough. Blah blah blah. You were getting all that sort of chat, and I think since he's came in, he, he has shown that he is good enough to play for Rangers. So from it to be involved so much yesterday and to get the goal, delighted for the boy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and a goal from a corner as well. Which has always been a kind of bugbear of mine that the amount of corners that Rangers get and, and how many of them actually turn into something uh, has been annoyance for me. But uh, you know, it was a it, it was a good header. You know, he did well to win it. And it was, <laughs> I listened to the highlights um, and I watched the highlights this morning, um, like like in a wee three minute highlights. And Andy Walker saying um, this terrible defending he's unmarked. I think he's not unmarked. The like, guy's literally hanging on to him. He's literally holding him, and he still manages yeah. to, to get it. So, uh, you know, uh, so fair play to him for that. I, I disagreed with everybody who said he wasn't good enough for Rangers. It, you know, he, he's he was a great player when he played for Hearts. And he looked good when he played for Scotland. But the issue has always been one of of um, fitness. Fitness. I think that, you know, and I think that was a fair criticism to make of a guy 
who with his fitness record. But when he's fit, he's definitely an asset to the to, to the club and an asset to the team. You know, physically, he, he you know he obviously brings um, you know height and strength to the team. But I also think he's got more to his game than that. I think he has got a composure. I think he can make a pass. I think he's reading of his game. I don't think he's particularly fast, but I think his reading of the game is pretty good. Um, and I do think that if, if he can stay fit, that him and Goldson could build a, a, you know, a very good partnership. Um, I think part of the issue Goldson's had this season, as well as having had his own injuries, is, is you know, not having a settled back to, you know, two centre halves playing with each other. I think that has been a, has been an issue for Rangers. So, I was really pleased with his goal, but I was probably more pleased with his defensive display. Um, I was pleased with the whole back four yesterday, uh, who have taken uh, rightly taken criticism this this season. I thought they, the the whole back four had a good game yesterday. I don't think you could you could see any of them um, didn't didn't deliver for us. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there was that one moment where um, where we, we we almost gave them a goal. We certainly gave them a chance, um, and uh, but that was Jack. It wasn't one of the defenders that did that, and the Jack got caught in possession. And McCrory pulled off a very good save um, at that point as well, and I think he does some credit. So I think I was probably more pleased with that part of of Sutter's game. But I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to expect your centre halves to chip in six, seven, eight goals a season. Um, guys will come up for set pieces. The amount of set pieces Rangers get. You know, I think we should be looking for you know six, seven, eight goals from our centre halves every season. Um, I think that's something that that you know we should be getting, and those can be the goals that that you know they can be the ones that turns draws into victories. Um, you know, they, those are the kind of goals that um, you know against tight teams. If you've got a guy with the the, the height and strength of Suter, you know, and you've got guys who can deliver the ball, you know, that that could be a real you know a real something for our Arsenal. Because um, you know you, you're, you're, there's going to be games where where they're tight and, and you just need something like that. Um, I always remember when Terry Butcher first came in, and, and you know that was something that, that he brought um, to Rangers. Uh, Richard Goff brought that to Rangers. You know this ability to, to chip in, you know, five six goals a season, yeah. eight goals a season, and that, that you know that makes a difference. You know that makes a difference to, to, to this team. So I was really pleased, Colin. Um, I just hope he can stay fit. I just hope he can he can stay fit. You know, that, that, let's hope because if he can, he's definitely an asset to the club. Ross, aren't your 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 favourite player who's never in a million years uh, better than Scotty Arfield? Uh, but fashion Sakala, so you know, obviously he he made it three yesterday. You know, he's he's obviously missed a couple of sitters in, in these games recently. Uh, and one was kind of similar to the chance he got yesterday, and he, he just hit it, 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 it straight at, at, at Joe Hart. And it felt yesterday that he learned for that criticism, you know, as, as he's approaching that, he's went round them. I will say it still sneaked in with the, you know, like almost like scraped the posts as it went in. Because as he hit it, because it's at my side at the, at the Govan stand, the minute he's went round Hart, they're all celebrating and then when they hit it and you saw the trajectory, they were like, oh, you know, is that going to go in? But it's, but, it, but it's went in. Now, again, speaking to a few guys yesterday when, when we were out, after the game, you know, loads of people sort of saying he's not good enough for Rangers. And I happen to agree with that. I, I don't think he's good enough for Rangers. However, it, all I ask for Rangers players, I've, I've, I've always taken the, the, the approach that if a player's at Rangers that isn't good enough, that's not his fault. You know, that's the club's fault. 
for identifying a player who wasn't good enough. Or maybe it was someone they thought was going to be good enough and they've just not developed. I think Sakala has maybe been one of those ones that when they've signed him, they've thought he's a bit raw, we can develop him. I just think he's too erratic. But then again, when you look at his numbers, you know, I think he's, I've got the numbers here, I think it's like eight goals or something. Where is it? Aye, so nine goals and seven assists. I mean, that's better than Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent has one more assist than him. But as a package, you're getting more out of Sakala than you are out of someone like Ryan Kent. But even so, he, he, I still think he's too erratic. I just, I, I just don't trust him at times. But you can't help but like him because he does, you know, unlike someone like Morelos, for, for example, he gives it his all. He, he gives everything in every game, gives his heart and soul. And I think that's why his numbers are so good because he's just so determined. I always kind of think he's a sort of cross between Alan Ecoist in terms of his enthusiasm for the game and Ted McMahon in terms of his football and ability, you know, and, and his erratic nature. You know, he seems the type of character that you can just never put him down. He keeps going and going and going. I don't think he's good enough, but you can't help but love the guy. I mean, he's, he's just, I was delighted for him when he got his role yesterday. Yeah, and I'm the same as you, and probably the same as 60,000 other people that were watching the game either at the stadium and everyone else was watching it at home. He took the ball round Joe Hart and we all went, oh, he's going to miss. I mean, we all thought he was missing it. Oh, he did. And, and, and that's, a, that's a real shame. Um, and I'm not convinced he connected with it that well, by the way. No, I know. No. But you're right, it sort of shaved the post on the way through, but it doesn't matter. It was a goal. Um, I was screaming at him to square it to Cantwell. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, I, don't I, be I near the other but square it. Square it to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, we're, we're, approaching, we're approaching a summer rebuild. We cannot and we will not get rid of 16 players this summer. So some of the players from this season will still be here yeah. next year. Yeah. Who would you rather see in this sort of, the, say, the, the match day 18 squad for the first game of next season? Would you rather see, whether it's starting or on the bench, would you rather see Fashion Sakala or Ryan Kent? That's, that's an honest question, because one of them's a better player, undoubtedly. One of them is a better footballer. But that's not the one that I hope is still here next season. The one that I hope is still here next season is Fashion Sakala because, first of all, as you say, Colin, the numbers that we get from him are better. And I, I suspect they were better last season as well, not just this season. Um, he seems to care more. That might be doing a massive disservice to Ryan Kent. And if it is, then, then I, I apologise. But I think Ryan Kent is one of those that you'd be guilty. You'd, you'd suggest is guilty of not really trying hard enough this season. That's how it comes across to me. Fashion Sakala will never, ever be tarnished with that label. Um, he's not good enough. And you're right, that's, that's not necessarily his fault. He was. I, I absolutely agree, Colin. He was brought in. Uh, oh, he's a bit raw. Let's see if we can develop him. Then the manager that brought him in went to the Premiership. And then the manager that was that came in to replace him didn't do a very good job and, and, and left. And so now he's on his third manager. Um, so that's not great in terms of continuity if you're trying to develop someone or you're trying to polish him into an end product because you've got three different people with three different ideas of what that end product should be. Um, so in a way, I feel a bit sorry for him. But he, the, the reason I've been pleased to see Sakala, and Sakala's been a bit of a mainstay under Beale since he came back in. He's, he's played more under Beale than he's in terms of appearances or, or per game, um, 
I've been pleased to see him play so much under Bill because there's no one else in the team that I actually think is, is I don't know if the right word is, is a threat because he's not necessarily that much of a threat because sometimes he gets into a great position and then balloons it over the stand. But sometimes when, when Rangers are up against a low block or we're, we're, we're just not creating chances, he's one of the few names actually in our squad at the moment that I think he's just wild and erratic enough that he'll create something at some point. He might not mean to do it, but he will create something. Um, so, look, he's not, he's, he's not the standard of player that I want at Rangers, but there's a hell of a lot of them at the moment that I don't necessarily want at Rangers. In fact, there's, uh, take up the rest of the time that we have allotted tonight to go through the players that I don't think should be at Rangers anymore. Um, we've, we've only got 15 minutes left, Ross. I know. <laughs> I think that um, he, he, he ideally wouldn't feature hugely next season. He's probably like a, a coming off the bench and seeing if we can nick something in a game that we might be chasing or a game that we're struggling to break some teams down. Um, but his numbers are good. He's playing for the manager, it seems, at the moment. He's playing for the fans. I was thrilled for him to get his goal yesterday. Absolutely thrilled for him. Um, and it goes back to what I said a moment ago. There are technically better players in the squad that I would happily see leave Rangers first. And I, I actually, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we will see Sakala next season. John, on the, the man in black, Stephen McLean, uh, I mean, it won't be a huge talking point because, you know, it was a comfortable victory. It's, his performance hasn't had an impact on the result, but it was a baffling performance for him, I thought. You know, I, I think, I was looking at the stats again, you know, we committed 15 fouls yesterday. Celtic only committed four, uh, which is understandable when you consider, like, how many 50-50 decisions uh, went his way. There was a couple of real strange ones as well. Uh, there was one when it was obvious that Joe Hart had saved it and he, he gave a bike kick. And there was another one towards the end. Cantwell had a shot and goal and Hart saved it with his foot. And then he blew for a handball that happened like further up the part and prior to the move. So he let the handball go, let the move play out. Rangers get a corner, which should be a corner. And then he suddenly decides, no, there was a handball there, Celtic free kick. And I just found that it almost felt like he was in Callum McGregor's pocket a wee bit, you know what I mean? It felt like Callum McGregor was dictating a lot of Steve McLean's decision-making and uh, it didn't have an impact on the result, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't comment on it because it was a, a, a bizarre performance in my opinion. He got, uh, like you, I felt I felt that the, the kind of 50-50s were all going Celtic's way. He was giving them the free kick where, you know, two players, two players, both of whom are fouling each other, you know, he's he's given the free kick to Celtic and I, I felt that as well. Um he got he got he got the big decision right. Let's give him some credit. He got the big decision right um when um Goldson the ball hit Goldson's arm. So he got that right because Goldson was was the arm was was holding him up. And that is um by, by definition that that is um it's not that's not a penalty. Uh, it's not even a free kick. Um, and I have a feeling if it had been 1-0 or, or one each that we'd been hearing a lot more about that decision but that's that he got that decision right so let's give him that but <laughs> the only reason there's, you're not hearing more about this is because in the end the, the best team won yesterday and the team who 
who, who didn't get the calls won. And that's actually unusual in those games. Um, often the referee can make the difference when it's, when it's tight. I think he's just not a very good referee. And I, I don't think he's alone in Scotland in that. You know, I, I think the standard of the referee we have isn't brilliant. And that shows at times. Uh, like you, the, the, that, that particular one where, where Cantwell hit it and the, the, hit the keeper's legs and, and went past. I mean, you know, it was bizarre. You know, but everybody's like, "Why is that? What's he? What's he given? What's he given? Yeah, that's really. The only reason I knew he gave it for the handball was because I watched the telly this morning. Like, did, yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is, if, he, if he's given, if it's a handball, why you know you, you blow the whistle then? That's yeah. not a. We'll let it play on, and then yeah. the linesman puts his flag up. You know, that, that, you stop the game then for that. Um, so I thought I, I didn't think he had a particularly good game. I think he's. I think he's. He's not had a big game for a while. Um, I think the, he's not been involved in a big game for a while, and, and this was maybe his kind of first game back. I don't, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound paranoid, you know. But Celtic have put a lot of pressure on referees this season. A lot of pressure has been put on referees this season, and a couple of times recently, I have thought, oh, I, I, I think that's. You know, it's in the back of your mind. You know, a couple of times you've seen decisions, and, and even in games that we've been involved in, with them, where you've thought, "Hang on, you know, that's a terrible decision." And I just wonder if it if it was in the back of his mind yesterday that, that and and even if it was subconscious that um, you know I, I have to give Celtic decisions. The fifty fifties I'm giving the Celtic the fifty fifties because I, I you know I don't want the cacophony that comes after this game. Yeah. Um, if if you know Celtic don't get what they consider their fair share of decisions, rightly or wrongly, um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That, that that might just I, may I just sound like I'm howling at the moon here? Who can say? But um, I, 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 I mean, you know, it's in your mind. You know, it's in your mind that, that yeah. um, you know they've been good at that for a while. You know, Celtic have been good at that for a while. Um, of of putting pressure on on referees of 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 making a big deal over frankly things that some of the time you think what the hell what are you even complaining about there um you know and and i i do wonder whether that the the it would be interesting to see just how many how many fouls go against how many fouls go for um with celtic because i have a feeling uh, it, it, the majority of them go that way yeah i mean the, the one thing i noticed yesterday there was about four or five times when Rangers had, you know, pressed and won possession and they were on the break, there's been there's been a, a transition, as they call it, in possession, and he's he's blown and all yeah. of a sudden, you know, the move stopped. And Celtic were on the back foot, you know what I mean? They've got men out of position and all the rest of it. Three or four times it happened, and then there was that one I said we, we can't, well, just some really, really bizarre decisions, but hey ho, it is what it is. It didn't it didn't cost us the the, the result. Uh no. gosh, I mean in, in terms of Michael Beale, you know, I mean obviously there wasn't a huge amount at stake yesterday in terms of league, the league's gone, you know, but there was a, a lot in, available in terms of pride and also for Beal, you know, it's, I, th- I think it was important for him to get his first win because, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, that's it, he can't, he can't win the big games against Celtic, blah, blah, blah. And as we said earlier on, it, it was the way he won it, you know, he won it with, a, you know, a, a strange personnel selection and tinkering with a tactical system. So he's identified how Celtic are operating and deployed a system to stop them from operating and, and allow us to sort of dominate the game. Yeah, that's, that's why he was hired, is it not? He's the, he's the tactical big brain that um, 
have found a solution to to stop the pattern. Um, I, I think I think there's been a lot of criticism of Michael Beale um, that much of it, of, of course, has been deserved. His, a lot of it seems to stem on on what he says in press conferences and how much he gives away. Um, I, I'm not actually that bothered by that at all. Um, I think there have been some notable big mistakes in in in, in certain games. Um, think back to the uh, well, I think his, his first old firm game. He he just made the wrong team selection entirely and and kind of threw that game away. Um, but yesterday was quite brave in a way because if he'd gone into the you know or if he'd lost that game and Rangers had go through a season without beating Celtic at all. Um, that does not inspire confidence. And that will, with our fan base, that will already have a number of voices saying, you are not the man for this club and, and we should replace him in the summer. So to uh, throw up, throw away the, the framework of Rangers over the last number of seasons, which is control the ball, dominate possession, um, relentlessly push, push, push until you find a way through, to, to, to rip that up and go with a, an out-of-possession, patient game, um, but also with some surprises in the lineup and some risks in the lineup, McCrory, Stakala, Ridvan, um, Rabbi Matondo. I think it was brave. And I actually think he deserves a lot of credit for, for what he did yesterday. Um, it took Stephen Gerrard quite a while to get his first win over Celtic, if I'm not mistaken. And he ended up doing it with some regularity and ended up having a very, very good record against them. Um, I think Michael Beale got it right yesterday. Um, he relied on his two signings. Um, he, in my opinion, he kind of built the game plan around those two players. He's identified them as probably at the moment our two best players. Jordan, uh, Todd Cantwell certainly is, is our best player at the moment. And um, I, I think he needs to, to take a, a huge amount of credit for that. And like I say, that's what gives me a bit of confidence going into the summer that we will identify and, and recruit the right players and give it a damn good go next season. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, final point, John, uh, before we wrap things up tonight, you know, a, a real disappointing end to, to Morelos' career at Rangers, you know, didn't feature at all yesterday and you'd have to say wasn't missed and we kind of spoke about this last week, you know, it just feels like, you know, especially in that 18-19 season, you know, the season we were playing Feyenoord and Porto and the, the Europa League, you know, he he looked like a top draw, a top draw striker, and, and someone that we would be able to move on for, you know, at a profit and, and reinvest that money, you know, in season after season. I don't know how many times I've put him on the agenda. I'm a loss moving, and it's just just never ever happened. Uh, and just the decline, you know, just that decline, particularly this season. But I think over the last couple of seasons, you know, you've just seen it and there's, there's always a disciplinary thing coming round the corner at some point. You know, he doesn't come back in time. He's, you know, his weight's obviously an issue. It's just a real, real sad end, you know, because, I mean, he was a, a top striker for us at his peak. He was nowhere near Michael Moles, as I've been seeing suggested through the week, folks are saying that peak Morelos was, was, was better than peak Michael Moles. I'm not having that any day of the week. But there's no doubt about it. It was it was top draw, you know, for, for, for a period there. And to see him, you know, not even coming on against our biggest rivals, you know, it looks like he's just sort of been cast aside, obviously moving in the summer. A real sort of sad end to his career. Yeah. 
It is. Um, it is a sad end because he was, he still is a very popular player. I think he will remain popular, whatever he does. I don't know. I don't know why it's happened. I don't know if it's if it's if it's bad management, if it's uh, you know uh, his own his own shortcomings in terms of men, his mentality and, and his dedication. Um, you know, I don't know if he's you know if, if he's lost a couple of yards of pace and it, and it, and it's changed his game. If defenders here have just got used to how to play him, I don't know. It's probably a whole host of different things, but it is sad. Um, I don't think he's. I think he. I think he could move on and, and do very well. Um, I was I was reading about Cantwell. I wasn't really a lot familiar with Cantwell before we signed him, but I was reading about Cantwell um, very recently there, and, and they, they were explaining that he'd been he'd been at Norwich since he was a boy. Great things had been hoped for him, and then he'd had kind of two or three seasons. We just seemed going to lose his way, and at the end, the fans were kind of thinking, you know what, it's right for you to move on. Mm-hmm. The club wanted rid of him. He, you know, and he's come to Rangers, and you see the new lease of life there. You know, you see what, 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 what clearly was there is there that for whatever reason wasn't coming out of Norwich. And, and, and it may be something similar to happened with Morelos. You know, we had, we had two, three very good seasons out of Morelos where he was, you know, undoubtedly uh, the most important player on our team. Um, Gerard was getting an awful lot of him. And, and, and like you say, that season, I remember I have a, a, a pal, a Dutch pal, supports Naya Megan. And we were watching, the final game where he scored the two goals and yeah, I, he yeah. sent me a text during that he sent me a text because he's never heard this guy before and he sent me a text going, Who's, and he, to tell me is who's your goal getter <laughs> um, you know with, with the question mark who's your goal getter um, because he was catching the eye at, at a high level you know anyone who says someone else couldn't do it at a high level uh, garbage you know like Morelos was was a force of nature in Europe for a while as well you know he, he really was and he clearly reveled in it look you and I have watched Rangers long enough to know that, you know, they all leave eventually. Um, yeah. And some leave in a blaze of glory and some sneak out the back door. And I'm sorry that he's kind of sneaking out the back door. Um, I'm sorry it's it's not worked out how it should have. You know, I don't know if players like Morelos are, are part of the reason we've had the bad season we've had. Um, you know, if, if the dedication wasn't there, and it clearly wasn't at the start of the season because he, he got dropped from the um, Eindhoven game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it clearly wasn't there. You know, uh, Van Bronckhorst had clearly had enough of him. Um, he's found out with Gerard in the past. You know, there's, there's clearly issues there. Um, the fans will forgive anything if he, you know, if he gives everything on the part and scores a goal. You, you talk about Sakala there. You know, the fans will forgive everything if the player's given everything they can. But else hasn't been given everything they can for, for 18 months or so now. Yeah. Um, and it's annoying and it's frustrating. The fact he didn't come on yesterday, he didn't need, he didn't need to come on yesterday. Bill got his tactics right. The team played well. We got the goals. We didn't need Morelos yesterday. We didn't miss Morelos yesterday. Would a fit, dedicated Morelos be an asset to our team? Yes, he would. Of course he would. But we've not had that for a while. We're never going to have it again. You know, he goes with my best wishes. I don't, you know, the fact we haven't got a fee for him, I know that annoys some fans, but we got value from him. You know, yeah. he didn't cost us 10 million quid. You know, we got value at Morelos. Um, you know, he, he, he also became, he also, I think, had that, he was the kind of first player in a while that the young fans liked. That, the, you know, it, 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 you know, Rangers went through a period there coming through the divisions and things, but there wasn't anybody 
for the young fans to, to really yeah. warm to you know everything. Yeah. Whereas I think Morelos became that kind of first player that that, that, that the young boys like you know I want to be Morelos. Um, and, and a club at Rangers, you need players like that. Needs that. Yeah. Um, you know, you do need that. So, so I am. I'm sorry to see him go, but it, it's clearly time. You know, and Bale, I think Bale's managed it quite well, actually. Uh, you know, I think he's. I don't know what's been going on in the background, but um, you know, I, I, you know, he's away now, and, and you know, I don't know if he'll get if he'll get ten minutes to to, to say goodbye he's on the pitch or not. But I think we have to look to next season. And you know, Bale has to work with the players who he knows are going to be here next season, um, and work with them rightly or wrongly. You know, the past is the past. We can all look forward. To it. Yeah, I, I don't think we should ignore the fact that he was really good at getting up the noses of other supporters as well. You know, he, he really noised other uh, supporters up and other players up, and of course, you always love a bit of that. So yeah. I mean, I, you know what? I think Cantwell. I think Cantwell might. Yeah, take he's, that he's getting into that. Yeah. I think he might take that mantle, and it's nice to have a player like your team. You know, you need yeah. a couple of them. You need a couple of guys who are just absolute bastards. Yeah. You know, you need a couple they of guys. Get it, John. They get it. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, whether they come from you know Norfolk or whether they come from Colombia, as long as they as long as they get it, then that's fine. Then yeah. they give their all. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, as it's a sad end, but as you say, I think it's a. Uh, it's the right decision and the right time. All right, guys, looking at looking at the, the, the time there, we've, we've sort of run over a wee bit, so I'll call time there. Uh, so a big thanks to, to John and uh, Ross for their contributions tonight. Great stuff, as always. We're live tonight. We're live on the Sunday night, but the pod will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, your usual places. Uh, Eck will be on on Friday night with... Uh, Alex, sorry, with Brian, sorry, doing the, the, the preview for the Hibs game. Uh, and in the meantime, get yourself onto the JersNet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Enjoy your week at work, guys. I'm sure we'll all come in tomorrow with a nice smile on our face. We'll be able to look at these people that have given us a hard time over the last year or so. Uh, and until the next time, bye for now.